thank you, Jesus, for every blessing, for every time you've ever touched my life. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your anointing. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the presence of God in this place. I feel the holy anointing of God in this place. We're glad that all of you are here this morning. Why don't you just turn around? If you see somebody that uh, is a new face or somebody you don't know, would you just introduce yourself, give them a fist pump or something? On Friends Day, we welcome you. So happy to have all of our, our friends and family here today, a host of our friends in the house of the Lord, and we are grateful that you are here. Uh, Y'all might want to just set those in the middle, and then Brendan, you can get over here. We have some t-shirts that we'd like to give away. Uh, they look like this right here. They say, I've got your back, and Friends Day, whatever. 2022 I think and uh, they are different sizes one size does not fit all I will not elaborate you can't make me but uh, we're going to throw these out now if you're afraid of getting hit by a t-shirt duck uh, but we're, we're going to do our best to throw these out. And, um, you know, if you catch one here, I don't know if we want to announce the sizes as you're throwing them or what. All right, two smalls and a large. Huh? And a 2X. An X, not Christopher 2X, but 2X. In the or large in the in the right hand and two X in the left hand. All right, so we're gonna throw these out. Just just keep your eyes open. If you want one, put your hands up. How about how about some in the back? What do you got there? Two extra larges. How about aim for the back? Medium and extra large. Oh, that the rubber band broke. You got a medium right here. A medium and a large. Oh, good throw. N nice throw. Another small. All right. And a large. Last one, it's a large. Oh, oh. <laughs> this wasn't supposed to be target practice. She's a guest. 
friend of Brandy's and Stephanie's. But anyway, so how many of you got a t-shirt? Hold them up. Hold them up. Hold them up. That's good. All right. We got them all the way to the back row. I didn't want the back row to be losing out on everything in the service. Amen. I'll just let that go. But anyway, I'm just picking on them. I'm just picking on them. They know I love them. I'm just picking on them. Raise your hand if you got a shirt. I'm looking for all of them. All right. Welcome to Friends Day. And um, I hope uh, to all of our first-time guests, you got your $10 Chick-fil-A card. Um, it is manna from heaven. It's just not open on Sundays. So we have to figure that one out. I don't know how many times through the years I have said, man, I'm craving Chick-fil-A this afternoon. Oh, they're not open. Um, but anyway, I hope you enjoy that. And if you don't like Chick-fil-A, we'll pray for you. And I'm sure that the Lord will help you. Um, but we hope that your experience is, is good. We hope you know that you have walked into a loving environment today. The church more than ever a time in my lifetime, more than ever, this is not cliche, more than ever, its value is beyond measure, the importance of it, the strength of it, the support structure, the prayer coordination, the love that we share for one another is so important. Um, we have been through a pandemic, and um, they have invented a, another variable as of this week. There's another one out there, and it just doesn't seem to stop. We need each other. We need each other. Amen. And I, uh, I was thinking back to the thick of it in mid-2020, Early 2020, March, April, May, June, people were still trying to figure out exactly what was going on, how to treat it. People were dying. Uh, people were in severe condition. Everybody else was trying to figure out how to conduct their lives. The country was shut down. And I don't know what I would have done other than God. I don't know what I would have done without friends and without family members and without the church without a support structure words of encouragement we are we are in this together the church is made up of every creed and tribe and culture in the world amen it is a conglomerate of creation itself it's a microcosm of creation and we need the church. I'm going to read a couple of verses of scripture uh, to you today, and then I'm going to let you be seated, and I'm going to talk to you for a little while from the subject, I've got your back. Jesus said, this is my commandment. Everybody say commandment. commandment. We talk about the Ten Commandments. Don't kill, don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, etc. He said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. That is the measurement that God places on it. 
Don't just love them with some ambiguous love. Oh, I love you. But I have exampled what love means. And I want you to love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this. That a man lay down his life for his friends. Praise God. You may be seated. Friendship seems like such a simple term. And I think it's used loosely uh, by most people. We say, well, these are all my friends, or I've got a bunch of friends. I've got friends at work and friends at school, friends in the community, friends in my family, and so forth. But friendship is something that has to be intentional. It's like anything of true value. If you're going to get the real value out of friendship, you're going to have to be intentional about it. You have to work on it. There will be ups and downs in every friendship. Now, one of the easiest things to do when, when there's down moments in a friendship is just cut the friendship off. Now, sometimes it becomes so toxic and so unhealthy that it, that it needs to be done that way. It needs to be handled that way. But most friendships are not that way. And the Bible tells us in Proverbs 17 that a friend loveth at all times. At all times. Now think of some of the times that you've been through in your friendships. A friend loveth at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Now, we've been through some adversity in the last couple of years. And we realized in those times the true value of friendship. In Proverbs 18 and 24, he said, There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Don't. Don't be the perpetrator in a destructive friendship. Don't be the one that blows up all the friendships in your life. But be that one that sticks closer than a brother. The definition of friendship tells us that there, there are two elements that are involved in a friendship relationship. And that is emotions and conduct. There are emotions and conduct. We have to make sure that the emotions that we have at times do not skew the conduct that we give toward friends. We have to make sure that if we're having a bad day, we don't intentionally make them have a bad day by our conduct. But then a true friend understands our DNA and our makeup. They understand why we're reacting that way emotionally. And instead of getting into a tussle with us, they say, hey, whoa, hold on a second. I'm your friend. Let's talk about it. What's, what's going on? Why are you so frustrated? That's what the voice of a friend sounds like. Friendship contains emotions and conducts. It's conduct. It's the emotions or conduct of friends. 
Now, there are different kinds of friendship here this morning. And the first one is a friendship or friendships of utility. They exist between two individuals when we find that someone can be useful to us in our lives. Tragically, there are people that go around using everybody else for what they can get out of them. But there are some, there are some real friendships that, that begin on that basis. They exist because of that purpose. You work together or you're going into business together or you have something they need and they have something that you need and you find some common ground there and you establish a friendship. That's one level of friendship. Then there are friendships of pleasure which exist between you and those whose company you enjoy. How many of you have people in your life you just love being in their company? You love being in their company because they make you feel good. It's a, it's a friendship of pleasure. Well, that can be good and that can be bad. It can be bad in a way that once the feel-good feeling goes away, then you're done with that friendship. And so the deepest level of friendship is true friendships, and they are based on mutual respect and admiration. We are preferring the other person before ourselves. We are, we are respecting them. We respect their opinions and their viewpoints, their personality traits, even the things that grate on our nerves. Now, um, I'm scared to ask for a show of hands on this one, but how many of you have true friends that grate on your nerves from time to time? Some of you are really quick to put your hand up on that. We offer counseling. We can help with things just like that. No, but even true friendships, we get on each other's nerves from time to time. The more time you spend with somebody, the more you're going to get on somebody's nerves. That is not, that's not the barometer to decide whether this is a true friendship or not, is whether they ever get on your nerves or not. True friendships are there through thick and thin, where the scripture said, a friend, there is a friend, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I want to be that kind of friend to somebody. I want to be with them through thick and thin. Now, you can sum these up uh, on these three levels uh, by saying these are acquaintances, these are close friends, and then they're best friends. And I don't think that all, obviously, with the details I've given here, that all friendships are created equal, and I don't think that they should be treated equally. Just because there is not as tight as a connection with this person and this person as there is with this person and this person. It doesn't mean that these people over here have to be cut off and that these are going to be the only one or two people in your world. Does that make sense? Amen. So we have friends on every level, but the important thing is that we become that friend that we want somebody else to be to us. In Job chapter 16, Job is going through all kind of stuff. He's, he's lost his kids, and he has, his wife has turned against him. He's lost cattle and property, and he's trying to figure out what in the world is going on. He is professing his innocence. And there's some friends there that were not very encouraging to him. But he said in 16 verses 20 and 21, my intercessor is my friend. 
as my eyes pour out with tears to God, on behalf of a man, he pleads with God as one pleads for a friend. A friend that will pray for you is the most valuable friend that you can have in your life. A friend that will stand in the gap and say, okay, God, I know they're having a bad season right now. They didn't mean what they just said. Lord, I'm going to stand in the gap. Hold, hold on just a minute because they have gone through some storms. And they play the role of a mediator and an intercessor. And he said he pleads for man as one pleads for a friend. If you're going to be a friend, be an intercessor. Be a peacemaker. Be a mediator. Don't, don't put one friend against another as human nature tends to make us do. I know nobody's ever done that. Now, some people say, well, I, I'm an introvert. Well, so am I. Uh, and introverts at some point in their life or at different points in their life, they think, well, I don't, I don't, um, you know, I, I don't need any friends. I, I'm good by myself. I've been hurt too much. I've been betrayed, and I've tried to have friends, and all they do is use me, and all they, then they end up stabbing me in the back, and then they just talk about me, or a better friend comes along, and that they, they join that parade, and they leave me behind, and I'm over here looking stupid, and so I'm an introvert, I'm a loner, and I'm just going to stay by myself. But friendship is valuable. It's a priceless treasure. What is the value of a friendship. Good friends are vitally important to your mental health. They're important to your mental health and to the quality of your life. It's a nurturing relationship. It is, it is important to live and to love. These things are inseparable. Friendship is the bond that teaches us how to live and how to love and these are inseparable entities. Friendship is an opportunity to love. And so if you can't get people to love you back, try loving them first. And try loving them unconditionally. You, you can't have unconditional friends many times because you have not learned to be that unconditional friend. Friendship is an opportunity to love. And it's an opportunity to learn about yourself. Now, sometimes we don't like to learn about ourselves. Sometimes friendships don't work out because one person in the friendship is too honest and the other person doesn't want to hear the truth. It's getting kind of quiet right now. But we need those people in our lives that can look at us and be brutally honest and say, hey, you need to cut that out. Really? I love you. But you need to stop acting that way. No, you're misinterpreting that. No, you're reading that wrong. That's not what they meant by that. Come on, this is because of that season that you're going through. You, you went through these losses. You suffered these things. And I know that you've got this filter now that everything's negative. They didn't really mean that. As a matter of fact, here's what you don't know about what they're going through. That's a, that's a good friend that will help you to learn about yourself. Friendships. Help us to mature as a human being and to open up to the full experience of life. And we're going to talk about this here for just a moment, but let me just say this. You don't just need friends that think and talk and have exactly the same interest as you. 
Some of the best friends in your life will be total opposites. Opposites attract. Now, let me, let me just say that I'm not just talking about platonic friendships. I'm talking about marriages. My goodness, if you're not friends with your spouse, let's, let's work on the friendship. Friendships in family, family members. Just because they have your DNA doesn't mean that you have a strong bond of friendship with them. Okay? So in that, in that family, in that, in that pool of people that surround your life, some of, the, some of the greatest friends in my life at one point, from my perspective, I misinterpreted that person. Or I thought that person didn't like me. Or I thought that person was mean or abrasive or arrogant. And when I got to know them, they become one of the strongest friends that I have in my life. And that happens. And it should happen. It us, challenges us to learn more about ourselves. Now, I'm going to give you some qualities that you probably already know. And um, if you're not taking notes, which I'm sure that most of you are not, you can go back and watch this on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. (laughs) Yeah. But these are important components of friendship. When you leave some of these out, you... You've got pockets in the friendship that that cannot the friendship can't be complete. The first one is trustworthiness. We human beings love to tell what we know, but you betray a person's confidence. They may forgive you the first time, you know. First time, you know, whatever it says, shame shame on you. Second time, shame on me. That's they're not going to allow that to go on. Very much. We need to learn to be that vault that a friend can come to and say anything to us and know that even if y'all part ways at some point, they're going to go to their grave with that confidential information that you gave them. Everybody needs that person in their life that they can just be brutally honest with them and then they can be brutally honest with you back. And so there is no friendship without trust. The second one is uh, true friends are supportive. They don't talk you down. They don't, they don't beat you down. They don't insult you. They're not trying to cut your legs out from under you. They're not trying to go behind your back. They're not trying to stab you in the back. They're supportive. Even when you're making a bad decision, hey, I love you, and I'll, I, I'm going to be with you no matter what. But this is not the right thing to do. Supportive. True friends accept you as you are. Okay? Even though there's a lot of things that they will help you change along the way. They're going to be patient with you until you're able to make those changes. True friends actively listen. I don't know if I should take a survey on this one. But how many of you have that person in your life? That just won't shut up. Oh boy. Again, we offer counseling. We had three brave people or 
I guess the word is brave, that raise their hand. But we do encounter those people that you can't carry a conversation on. You get three words out, they're going to interrupt you every time. They're going to talk right over the, they're going to say 17 paragraphs and you say three words and they'll say 24 more and you say two words and they're going to say, Brother Newland, we all know that's not true. But we have to be listeners. We have to be listeners. We have to listen to people. True friends are emotionally available. They're not cold and stale. They're not rigid. They don't have all the walls up. They're they're there with you. They know how to weep with you. They know how to laugh with you. True friends have similar interests. True friends show up during the tough times. They don't, they don't just believe, I don't want to be around them. They're tearing the world up. Well, actually, you're the one that they're counting on to help them settle everything down. True friends are reciprocal. They give back to you what you're giving to them in a positive way. They have your best interest in mind. They're not trying to talk you down from something that may lead you into a role that may put you actually above them. They're not trying to to betray you. True friends don't just reach out when they need something. True friends are loyal and helpful. True friends understand the word no. They they don't just bulldoze you and just, oh, no, we're going to do this, whatever. No, they understand when you say no. They respect your differences. They honor your boundaries. They make you feel safe. They make you a better person. They care about your feelings. And they apologize when they hurt you. These are qualities of friends. Now, it's, it's not rocket science, but, but you, just can't, you just can't have a bunch of messy friendships and then wonder why you're all alone. It can't be about you all the time and then wonder why no one, nobody wants to be around you. You have to be intentional about these things. Now, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you 10 signs that someone is really, isn't really your friend. Now, let me just say this for just a moment. I don't mean this to be negative, but I do think that we keep some of the wrong people in our lives for the wrong reasons. And in keeping the wrong people in our lives, we are preventing the right people from coming into our lives. And so these are 10 signs that a person is really not your friend. Now, if you don't know anybody like this, that's fantastic. But you make sure that you're not this person. They never want to spend time with you. You're, you're trying hard to spend time with them, and they always have an excuse. They're really not your friend. They only want to spend time when it's convenient for them. Number three, they only reach out when they want something. They only talk about themselves. Number five, they never share anything with you that's personal. Number six, they constantly blurt out your secrets in front of other people. Number seven... They're constantly demeaning you in front of your other friends. Number eight, they're embarrassed of you. Number nine, they're never happy for you. And number ten, they make fun of you literally all 
the time. Now those sounds like, they sound like 10 very obvious characteristics. But people keep those kind of people in their lives because usually that person is somewhat of a manipulator. And so when they feel that you pull it away, they, they do what they got to do. Oh, I'm just joking. Oh, no, you're reading that wrong. Oh, just whatever. And then they continue to have the same behavior. I don't want those kind of friends in my life. Now, this comes from the Mayo Clinic. If you don't know what the Mayo Clinic is, it's not where they make mayonnaise. But it is a, it's, it's a renowned medical institution um, up on the East Coast. And um, this is talking about the importance of friendship for your health. Four things. Number one, it increases your sense of belonging and purpose. Friendships increase your sense of belonging and purpose. Number two, they boost your happiness and they reduce your stress. There's nothing there's nothing like just being under the gun and frustrated and, and having all this stress and whatever and then just getting with that confidant in your life. Some of you have more than one. Getting with that person and either laughing or just bearing your soul or just letting it all out and saying things to them that you hadn't been able to say to anybody else and you're finally getting this off your chest. It's a stress reliever. Do not carry stress in your life for long-term periods. It is damaging to your health. Number three, um, it improves your self-confidence and your self-worth. Be that person that builds people's self-esteem. Find the positive things about them. He said, well, they got so many negative things, I can't see the positive. You can if you look hard enough. Find the positive things. A lot of people don't, don't realize that positive reinforcement accomplishes a whole lot more than negative reinforcement. If you're always looking for what's wrong instead of, hey, man, that's awesome. You crushed that. You killed that. I love it when you do that. That's awesome. You did amazing at that. I'm so proud. I'm so thankful to have you as my friend. Really? We're going to say goofy stuff like that? Yeah. Because life or death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words matter. They say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. Words will hurt. More than sticks and stones, words will stay with you for decades and for the rest of your life. You hit me with a baseball bat, it's going to hurt for a couple of weeks or a few days or a few hours. Depends on how hard you hit me and where you hit me. But words are going to stay. They're going to get in here. And they're going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. You let a child grow up at a home. With a, with a mother and a father or a single parent home that, that is constantly talking them down, constantly negative about them, never tells them they do anything right, never brags on them. They're going to have no self-esteem, no self-worth, and no self-confidence. And number four, friendships help you cope with traumas such as divorce, serious illness, job loss, and or the death of a loved one. 
Don't leave your friend in their sorrow. Well, I don't know what to say to them. Most times you don't have to say anything. You just have to be there. A friend that sticks closer than a brother. It's the sticking part of friendship that is many times more valuable than the words you say. And there are eight types of friends that you need in your life. Number one, you need the loyal best friend. Number two, you need the fearless adventurer. The one that pushes Gina's all over it. The hiking team over here. That's it. Over the river and through the woods. The fearless adventurer, the person that, that pushes you to do things that you normally wouldn't do. That, that takes you on a, on a journey somewhere you would not have gone by yourself. You need that person that is fearless in your life. Number three, a brutally honest confidant. We talked about that. Number four, you need a wise mentor. You need a wise mentor, that person that you can go to and just ask that question that you can't ask anybody else and be confident that they're going to give you the right answer. You need someone that is experienced in life, experienced in business, experienced in education, experienced in a trade, experienced with friendships, with relationships. You need that person in your life. Number five, a friend from a different culture. Don't always hang out with the same culture that you are. Doesn't matter if that's skin color, language, different parts of the country. You know, I mean, I'm fraternizing with different cultures all the time. I'm a Texan and y'all are Hoosiers. Oh, Lord, here comes the Texan. <laughs> but find somebody that's not exactly like you. Some of these strains that we feel and see in our society, they just continue to come up over and over and over. The best way to bridge those gaps is to get around people. That's why I don't believe in one-race churches. Our diversity makes us better. It doesn't make us weaker. Number six, you need a friend in your life that is the polar opposite. If you're North Pole, they need to be South Pole. You'll get it in a minute. Number seven, you need a friendly neighbor. And number eight, you need a good work pal. 50% of your life, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less, is occupied or preoccupied with work. Now, you don't need to party with the people at work, and you don't need, need to go get drunk with them, and you don't need to, you know, hang out at the bar with them and all that kind of stuff, but you need to have good relationships with people at work. You need to have that one or two or five people in the workplace that are the work pals that when you come to work they allow it that relation those relationships allow you to look forward to coming to the workplace aristotle said wishing to be friends is quick work but friendship is slow ripening fruit it takes time 
to develop true friendships. Now, I'm hurrying. It won't be much longer, and I mean that. I'm going to talk to you just, just for a moment about building better friendships. The first thing you have to do to build a better friendship is you have to take ownership in the friendship. Some folks just aren't as good as reaching out as others. They may have been hurt in the past or they may not understand what's required to build a strong friendship. And so you have to take the initiative and take ownership in the friendship. The second thing is you have to commit to their happiness, not just yours, but their happiness. You have to put your heart into their mission and they will do the same for you. Number three, you have to give them the hard truths. Now, when I say that, I'm not just talking about being the one that just walks up and say, stop wearing those shoes. They look stupid. <laughs> you look like Bozo the Clown. What's wrong with you? You piece of trash? Well, they... I don't understand why they don't want to be my friend anymore. Because you're a jerk. <laughs> There's a moment to be brutally honest. And there are moments, more moments, to be diplomatic. And a friend understands that. You understand what triggers them. You know how to push their buttons and make them mad. Don't do that. Stay, stay away from those things. Commit to their happiness. Give them the hard truths with wisdom. The fourth thing you have to do is be present. I'm more likely to invest in a friend that listens to me and makes me feel heard. The only way to do this is to be fully present with the other person. When you're together, commit. Be all in. Put your full focus on them. Like they're the only person in the world. Now this is increasingly more and more difficult with these mechanisms. And I get it. Okay, you got friends. It's like you go to the coffee shop and you say two words and you're on your phone the whole time. And some people are happy that way. But you know what? You could actually have a stronger friendship and a deeper friendship by putting the phone down for a little while. And just actually making eye contact. I know person-to-person -person conversation is going out of style. It's all about text message and messaging and things like that. But those, those friendships can be made deeper with interpersonal communication. And number five, invest in the relationship. We invest time and money in what is important to us. Proverbs 27 and 9, ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. Whether you think you need friends or not, you do. You need logistical support. You need the association they provide. You need them for stress relief. You need the positive peer pressure that they provide. Friendships for the middle age and, and older, they make aging easier. You say, well, I hadn't been friends with them for 30 years. Why would I start now? Because you can. Because you can. Because things change. Because you lost a spouse. Because they lost a spouse. Because you lost a friend. Because something happened. Because you changed jobs or whatever. It's never too late to start 
a friendship. And I close with this in Job 42 and verse 10. The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. The Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. The time that we're living in is people are so quick to judge. They're so quick to blurt out stuff. They're so quick to attack. They're they're so quick to just cut people off. We need to work at understanding each other. We need to be supportive of one another, especially in the church. People can't come in the church and not feel support. They can't come in here and not feel that they don't at least have a friend here somewhere. You know, a statistic, as you stand, tells us that when a person visits a church, they return and they return again, they return again. If they don't establish one meaningful connection within those first four visits, the vast majority of them will never return. So that, that makes it incumbent upon us to understand that when people walk into the house of God, they're walking in here for a reason. They're here for a reason. Something in their life is not complete. We can't be the ones that just ignore them when they walk in. and just It's just an acquaintance. Or I don't think I have anything in common with them. You'd be surprised. Be a bridge builder. Be that person that reaches out and extends a hand of friendship and, and work on that and nurture that. Now here, here's what I want us to do. If you're, if you're a guest here today, don't, don't feel uncomfortable. We're not, this is not a sneak attack. We're not going to do anything to embarrass you here, whatever. But as a family, I want, us, I want us to all, every one of us, I want us to come forward. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray for strong bonds of friendship in this place. We're, we're not, we're not going to be humiliating people, making you the center of attention. We're just going to pray as a unit together. I want you to come. Just come. Press on into the front because we have to get everybody down the aisles. Come on down if you would. Just come on down. Come on down. Got a lot of people behind you. Come on down, come on down, come on down. Somewhere in your life, you've got to find people and let them know, I got your back. I'm here through thick and thin. We may not agree on everything. We may not get along all the time. But when the chips are down, your friendship to me is more valuable than the differences we have between ourselves. And so I want you to know in every situation, I don't care who comes against you, what comes against you, what you have to go through, I got your back. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be an intercessor. I'm going to pray for you. And so if you're comfortable with the people around you, if you know, I don't want anybody to feel awkward, but would you just reach up, put a hand on somebody's shoulder, just, just make contact with somebody. This church knows how to pray, and I want us to lift our voice and pray. Father, there's people in this building today that may be in the struggle of their life. 
There's people here today that have been let down, they've been betrayed. Perhaps they feel lost, confused. Perhaps they've been living in fear. Maybe they've been living under the weight of extreme depression. This is what you made the church for. We're a body. We're an organism, not an organization. We are the people of God. You commanded us, Lord, to love one another as you loved us. And I pray today that lives would be touched today, that they would feel a seed of hope, a glimmer of hope, reach down and be deposited in their spirit. I pray that you would help us, God, as individuals to be a strength to one another, to be an encourager, to build up people's self-confidence and self-esteem, to pray one for another. The captivity of Job turned when he prayed for his friends. And I pray, God, that you'd sweep across the front of this building. Let your anointing rest upon every man and woman and young person and child. In Jesus' name, I pray right now, God, that your spirit and your presence, just for a minute longer, if you would, let your spirit, God, baptize us here. Let us feel something today that makes us want to be in this house, that makes us want to set our roots down, that brings us back again and again and again. In Jesus' name, God, I pray that you would help us to do your will. Let prophetic words come out of our mouth for people. Let words of encouragement come out of our mouths for people. Help us, Lord Jesus, to do your will. Help us, O oh Lord God, to build one another up on our most holy faith. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. I thank you for a brother. I thank you for a sister. I worship your name, Lord God. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. I honor you. I thank you. I thank you. Hallelujah. That's it. Go ahead and clap your hands if you're thankful for the greatest friend. His name is Jesus. If you're thankful for people in your life, we worship you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Joining a, joining a church is, is a lot like establishing a brand new friendship. It's like, I, I don't know if I like this person or not. Sometimes people come in, they're like, man, this is my favorite person. And they're hooked from day one. But the church is valuable to you. You need the church. You've got to have the church. I'm so thankful for brothers and sisters, you know. Used to, these terms were used a lot more than, than they are now. But when I was growing up, everybody was brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so. So well, that's kind of formal. Well, really, it's casual. It's just saying this is this is my brother. It's not just a friend. It's my brother. It's my sister. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Amen. The Lord is good. Yeah. 
The Lord is good. I want us to just take a few moments. If you're not connected with people in here, would you just stay around for a few minutes?